As children, the adults in our lives usually had all the answers. Of course, maybe some answers were annoying or didn't make sense to us, but at the end of the day, they provided a sense of stability. Well, that wasn't the case for the woman in today's episode. So when someone is forced to be the voice of reason at a young age, where can they learn stability themselves? Let's find out. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Keep quiet, please. Shh. Quiet. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a woman whose mother lost touch with reality, which forced her to come to terms with reality at a young age. All she wanted was a mother who cared. We'll see just who stepped in to be her comfort in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Anna Wyatt. Good. Definitely better than last week. The choir will make the church proud come Sunday. Should we walk to the square for some ice cream? Good idea. Wait, Anna, isn't that your mom? Oh my word. Anna, Anna, come home right this instant. Uh, let's just walk the long way to the square. Anna, your mom's right there. She already saw you. Well, let's just pretend she's not. All right, we'll get ice cream next time. Good. Hurry, hurry, here she- Anna? Anna, where do you think you're going? Mom, please, not in front of my friends. You're embarrassing me. And why is that? Talking about how bad of a mother I am? Again? No, I... Telling the rest of the congregation. What? Mom, no one was talking Don't about... you lie to me. I'm... You get back to the house right now and get those floors swept. Can I do it this afternoon? No, now. And here's your broom. Mom, are you out of your... Pick it up. Pick it up and you sweep your way back to the house. The woman in our story wondered if she had a faith worth having. She would come to know beyond a doubt that it had been working wonders all along. Here's the true story of Anna Wyatt, right now on Unshackled. I was born in Leamington, Ontario, the oldest of three siblings. Both my parents were immigrants to Canada from Mexico. They were raised in a Mennonite community, speaking German, so as a young child, it was what I knew. It wasn't until I attended school that I discovered this wasn't the norm. Out of both my parents, father was the one I trusted, and for good reason. So how was it? The first day of kindergarten? Okay. Oh, sweetie, what is it? In English, remember? We said we are going to start speaking English more. That's why I can't keep up. It's the English. I don't know the words. Oh, Anna, this is my fault. We've been here for years and still we speak German in our home, this change is too quick. But 
this will change. What are you saying? Said, I know every word in English, and from now on, that's all we will speak. What do you want? I want my children to have the best shot at life, and that means English and schooling. That was the day my family became an English-speaking family. Too bad other characteristics within my family weren't so easily changed. When I was eight, I began to notice my mother's attitude toward my father shifted. And perhaps it had always been that way. Only now, I was old enough to see it. Groceries are in the car. All right, I'll go get them. Well, don't hurt yourself carrying them in. What? Yeah, there's only two bags. Okay, so? Because you can't provide for your own family. I told you I'm getting paid again on Friday. Well, it's Monday, so that does no good. You know, you could always find something part-time or maybe take in a couple kids to babysit. I'm not working. That's your job. Oh, I mean, is supposed to be. I'm picking up every shift I can. Really? It's my fault. I never should have married you. Don't start this again. No. Just think of what my life could have been like had I married the man I was supposed to and not had this horrendous life. You're not making it any better. Oh, but I wish I could. But these children need a father figure they can look up to, and that would not be you. <sighs> I'll bring in the groceries. See if you can get that right. All day long, every day, my mother was bitter and sarcastic. She held so much contempt for my father that she portrayed him to be the downfall of us all. I watched him try and fail so many times, trying to please her. That frustration rippled throughout the family. Anna! Enough! You girls stop fighting and get yourself to bed! I can't take it! The day after Dad had scolded my sister and I for fighting, he said he'd like to talk with me privately. He was calm when he spoke, but I detected a seriousness in his tone. Anna, I want you to come in here into the living room with me. Okay, I'll go get... No, just you. I only want to talk to you. I followed him, and no other words were spoken. I never feared my dad. I never had a reason to. He was like an anchor for me and our family. He never went into a rage of anger. But this time, something snapped in his brain. Like he went into overload and didn't function right. No anger. Just as if he lost his reason and inability to think. As if all the pressures of life and mom's critical remarks were more than he could bear. What have I done? I, I didn't realize I, I never intended for this to happen, Anna. What was I thinking? I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry, honey. <laughs> Come on, Anna. What are you waiting for? You go on. But swinging's your favorite. I said keep going. Are you mad at me? What? No. Sure feels like you are. No. It's just... I got in trouble. Look. Those bruises are awful! Yeah. 
I just don't want the swing rubbing against them is all. Your mom did that! That angry old... No. It was my dad. What? I've never seen him mad. I know. He cried. He said he was sorry. Still can't believe he did it. I'm so sorry, Anna. That old hag pushed him over the edge. I just wish she'd be nice to him. Eventually, social services would show up at her home and haul me away. I would have took what happened to the grave, but I was scared and alone and felt the whole world was off. Even though my father left bruises from physically punishing me, I still regarded him as the only stable parent I had. Understandably, the state placed me with a foster family. It was good to me. But it wasn't where I wanted to be. It wasn't where I belonged. Anna? Carol? Oh, honey, what's the matter? I want to go home. Oh, but right now, this is the best place for you. I want my daddy. Well, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. You mean I'm not going to see my family again? It's not up to me. It's up to the judge and what he says. So he can either let me go back or never let me see them again? Well, uh, there'd probably be visits of some kind. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, it's a lot to take in. I know, Anna. I mean, this is between my mom and dad. I can't make them get along. No one can. You're right. So why can't they just figure it out? Why can't my mom just be happy? Why is she always complaining about every little thing she can find? I don't know. But what I do know is you have a home here now. And it's past bedtime. You need your rest. After a long court case, my father was put on probation. I was allowed to return home. Only by then, Dad had headed out to Western Canada looking for work. So he was gone most of the year, which meant us kids had to fend for ourselves with Mom. This was nothing short of a nightmare. Finish the dishes? Yes, Mom. Good. Come in here so we can have one of our little chats. I got homework. Finish it later. Sit. Okay. Anna, one time, I found the perfect apartment for us. So? What does that have anything to do? Listen. You need to know what kind of a man your father is. Okay, back to the perfect apartment. It had big, beautiful windows and hardwood floors. And I told your father it was the one I wanted that no other could compare because I loved it so. And do you know what he said? What? Now, this is the type of man your father is. He didn't even ask how much it was. He just said, we can't afford it. And he walked away, turned and walked out of the building and wanted to go look at another property without so much as asking how much it would be. Maybe he could tell it cost a lot of money. No. See, he truly only cares about himself. He didn't care at all that I told him that it was my dream and it would have made me happy. But what if we couldn't afford it? He didn't so much as try. Men like that, well, they're never going anywhere. And what is it they say? 
The proof is in the pudding? Well, look around here at this place. Such a dump. I'm embarrassed to even give people my address. Such a failure. Can we talk about this another time? No! You've got to hear about Mr. Edwards. Mr. Who? The family whose house we ate at last week. Oh. That's the one. Wasn't it grand? Isn't he grand? Mom, he's married. They got kids. Don't you judge me. Or, or are you judging the Lord? What? Yes. Last week, after we got home, I was climbing into bed that night, and I specifically heard the Lord speaking to me. Oh, yeah? He told me I never should have married your father. That the one he intended for me was Mr. Edwards. The Lord told you that. I'm telling you, think of how different our lives would have been had I only known better. That's just what I'm trying to teach you. To do better so you don't end up like me. I could have done so much better if it weren't for your father. Shame. Such a shame. My mother's theology was not what I was hearing at church. Still, I had to endure these talks and just listen to her, because if I ever questioned what she said to be false, Mother's eyes would pop out of her head, and she'd vehemently rant that what she was sharing was the truth, and I had better not deny it. When Father finally did come back, he had news that would rattle us all. Folks, we'll get back to Anna's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. And then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check. Unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now let's get back to Anna's story. I sure am. What's the trailer for? We are moving out west. What? What? I still don't know how she did it, but Mom packed up what possessions she deemed necessary in the back of the truck, our small homemade trailer, and the five of us all piled in the single cab. Moving for a kid sounds exciting, but in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have tried to cheerlead the group hymn singing especially with our family dynamic. Mom, look, we finally got the music in for the church choir concert. Shh, I'm watching. 
Mom, come on, you're always watching. Anna, quiet. Look, they gave me the solo part and morning is broken. Mom, let's just shut it off for a second and- Don't you dare touch that dial. Mom, the whole living room is smelling like you. You haven't gotten off the couch for three days. Don't take the one enjoyment I have in this miserable life away from me. Soaps? The one enjoyment? Are you kidding me? Get out of here! But Mom! Now! Mom was so broken mentally and so wrapped up in her world of fantasy that she lost her grip on reality. She quit cooking, cleaning, giving attention to us kids, even quit going to church with the rest of the family on Sundays. The farther she slipped into her new dimension, the more and more paranoid she became of others badmouthing her, which is why she lost her mind on me when I'd been at choir practice just across the street at church. She had lost her ability to interact and function with people. And she'd proved just how not well she was. You're still up. I needed a drink of water. Oh. Why do you do it, Dad? What? I just saw you bend down and hug and kiss Mom on the couch. And she laid there like she was dead. Most likely smelling like it. But yet you did it anyway. <sighs> It's difficult. You know, I've prayed and prayed for God to open her heart and for her to find happiness, but it's never worked. I've even thought about doing us all a favor and killing her. Anna. Not really, of course. But we'd all be better off not facing her rampages and accusations. I wouldn't be able to love her if I didn't ask God to fill me with his love. I look further down the road to where her attitude and behavior will lead her to hell. I don't want to see her go down that road. So I overlook the way she treats me and focus on still loving her as God would have me. It makes sense, Dad. And I hope I can love her like that, too. Our shack of a host burned to the ground one afternoon, for reasons no one ever knew. I walked up the hill beside it, looked down on its charred remains, and decided it wasn't that much of a house, and that God would provide. But it didn't really feel like we waited for him to, because we ended up moving into a shady neighborhood instead. Mom gossiped with the neighbor women, my brother got into drugs, my sister became pregnant. Having faith in God was seeming harder and harder to maintain with all the chaos around me. I didn't know if there was much of a point to it. After all, Dad believed. And look where it got him. Mom! I'm grabbing my choir book and then heading to practice! Mom? Mom! Anna, she's not here. Can you tell her I'll be late tonight? We're covering new material. Anna, she's gone. Gone where? I don't know. She left us. No. She's probably at the store, or maybe a neighbor's? No, she told me she was leaving. She took some things and left. She's not coming back. I was 15 when Mom finally reached her limit. Or should I say her fantasy world had come round full circle. She left us to find a place 
and life of her own. Crazy as it was, what was crazier was how devastated it made me. Not so much because she left, but because now my dream of having a good Christian family, coming home to a mom who loved me and took care of us, would never be realized. I felt ashamed of coming from a broken home, and that shame would stay with me for years. Thank you so much for helping me with these. No problem. I'm used to cooking and cleaning up after. I'm glad you were able to come for supper. Thank you for inviting me. I'm extremely glad you were able to meet Richard. Yeah, he's nice. You know, he owns a central vacuum business. He comes from a wealthy British family. No debts, not even a car loan. He truly is responsible. That's great. What's great is he's single and five years older than you. Is that so? I think he'd make a fine husband. Maybe for one of your daughters. What? No, I was talking about you. <laughs> Someone like Richard wouldn't want anything to do with me. Why not? You both love the Lord, and... If the man knew the first thing about my family, he'd be smart enough to run in the opposite direction. I was from a broken home, a high school dropout, with a brother on drugs, and a young, unwed mother for a sister. And I still hadn't asked the Lord to heal me of the shame and brokenness I carried from my upbringing. I couldn't imagine Richard seeing anything in me. So, you can imagine my not only surprise, but horror when he did. Hello? Is this Anna? It is. Anna, it's Richard. Oh. Uh, hey, hi. I had such a good time with you that I thought it'd be nice to grab coffee if you can. What? If you're free. I'm sorry, my dad and I were heading out for a drive. I see. But thank you. Who was that? Richard. The guy you ate supper with at the Petersons? Yeah. What do you want? Wanted to know if I'd go have coffee with him. And? I told him we were going for a drive. Well, you could have vent with him instead. What should I do? Should I call him back? No. I have a feeling he'll be calling and asking again. And when he does, invite him over. I'd like to meet him, too. Dad was right. And soon Richard was asking me out again. He met my father and they hit it off. We dated for two years before getting engaged, growing even closer together than I thought possible as I confided my innermost thoughts. Richard, I wanted you to see this photo. Not another bridal magazine. You know it. Here it is. The dress? No, the banner behind the couple. It's nice. We could do that. Only I'd want a verse on it. That's an even better idea. You have any in mind? I've been thinking... Proverbs 10.22. And what is that? The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. <laughs> That's not one of the most common love scriptures. <laughs> I know, but it holds so much meaning to me. What do you mean? Well, I'm a high school dropout. I'm broken home, with siblings who've lost their ways, and a father who tried his hardest to hold it all together. And yet, you love me. 
I do. Even though I don't deserve it, even though there's better people out there, you still chose me. And I'll keep choosing you. I believe you. And now, looking back, I see the ways God protected me from my mother's brokenness, which came out as viciousness. I see the Lord's love reflected in my father's love for me. I know God was with me through it all, even when I struggled to believe he cared. And now, he's blessing us. I think that's the perfect verse, honey. Not only did I witness Richard's heart for the Lord and for me, but also for others, even strangers. Such an example is when traffic was stalled one day on the freeway. It's been an hour now. Yeah, that accident must have been brutal. Maybe you should shut the car off. Might as well. Look at all the folks getting out of their cars. Stretching their legs and trying to figure out what happened. That gives me an idea. What's that? All these people waiting in their cars, bored? Yeah. Maybe they'd be willing to read some tracks. That'd be great if we have some. Try the glove box. Look at all these. How about I take the right and the middle lanes and you take the left? Absolutely. That day on the freeway, we were pointing others to Jesus and new life as we all waited for the dead to be cleared. That was just who Richard was, the way my father had been, and how I wanted to raise our own family. Richard and I have been married for 29 years and had four children, currently have three grandchildren. The verse we chose for our wedding was Proverbs 10:22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And it has held true year after year. I reconnected with my brother, who I lost touch with for 20 years. He's now attending church, holding a steady job, and is free from all his drug addictions. He told me, Anna, it was your prayers that helped me, and I'm so grateful that you never gave up on me. But I tell him, it was God who never gave up. And God didn't give up on my mom either. Mental illness is hard, but God is more powerful than even that. And he proved it to me in a telephone conversation I had with my mom recently. After my dad's passing in early 2020, I wanted some assurance that mom knew the Lord too, despite her sometimes confused mind. One day I asked her, do you know if you would go to heaven and be with Jesus when you die? She replied, yeah. So I asked, how do you know that? And in the most simplistic and childlike response, she replied, because Jesus has forgiven me all my sins. She spoke those words with such calm assurance, making it personal. My sins. It brought me such peace and comfort to know that one day my mom, too, would see my dad in heaven. If you desire a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who will never give up on you, the Lord is waiting. And this new life is for you, listening friend. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you need help in making this crucial decision for Christ, please call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the new prize for this sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Lamentations 5.21. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. This plaque is, well, beautiful. The deep brown bark complements the light brown rings where this plaque is written. It's also carved into almost the shape of a heart. If you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be June 3rd, and we will announce the winner on June 19th. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Got about for you in Huntington if you want it, Johnny. Sure. When? That's eh, the problem. You got just two days to get in shape for it. <laughs> Maybe two days will be enough. I'll take it. Johnny Catlin learned to meet setbacks with his fists raised. Haven't finished my three minutes yet, Harry. Don't worry about it. I just heard from Canzanari's manager in Philly. Three-time world champ, Tony Canzanari. Boxing didn't just pay the bills. It was a way of life. He fought the last seven rounds with Lou Bloom with a broken rib. Well, then there's the broken jaw, which I can't do much about. But your right thumb was torn out of the socket. That I can help. I'm a mess. Today we got you sparring with a fast featherweight. Get you ready for the fight with Kins and Harry. Whatever you say, Harry. Would all this fighting lead to his demise? What round is this? The sixth. Weird. Then where have I been the last four? Are you serious? Don't miss the classic true story of Johnny Catlin. Coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Anna Wyatt were Angela Morris, 
Jamie Newell, Michael Walner, Mara Kate Burns, John Green, and Holly Krajewski. Original music, Don Badorf. Recording engineer, Michael Kahn. Audio engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>